0: Do you want to count down? Yep. Ready? Hold on, I have to
1: call. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have water. Okay, good.
0: Okay, good. Okay. One, One, two, two, three. Three. Sarah, I didn't even know if we were going to be able to record today since you keep losing power. I hear there's like a snowpocalypse in Victoria.
1: Snowpocalypse. Apparently, I was told by an elderly neighbor that we have not had snow like this since 1996. So, Somebody, That doesn't sound that long ago, actually. That's why it's funny. It is kind of funny. But everyone talks about 1996 like it's one of those things like in Victoria was like, remember the snow of 96. <laughs> I used to laugh about that anyway. Um, so now we're going to be like, remember the snow of 2019. Yeah, so I've lost power. Like we had a windstorm right, beso- right before the snow came down. So I lost power twice during the windstorm. And then once uh, just yesterday, actually, during like the snow brought down some of the power lines. So yeah, it's been quite the week, and my end Rosalie is home from school. I was gonna say p- seemingly endlessly right now.
0: My sister is in Seattle, just across the water from you guys, and she's a teacher. And I don't think they've had school normal in a week, basically. So it's
1: yeah, been that's pretty about crazy the same this year. Oh, and I wanted to say too, like if you hear, this is for our audience too, if you hear a buzzing noise in the background, that is a crew with chainsaws that are removing a tree from the house next door. So literally like this tree came down in the night and my neighbor is texting me saying, can you go out and take pictures of the tree that's on our, currently on our roof and in our front garden? So I, so I went out and took pictures anyway. So yeah. So there's that. Okay. I feel like we need to caveat because I feel like people are going to
0: listen and they're going to be like, well, we live in Minnesota and we had the polar vortex and oh, you soft well, I'm in California, but we're essentially in the same. We're both Pacific Northwest. It's the same weather storm. We have yeah. the same whatever pattern you're in right now. And just so to be clear, the reason it's so bad snow there is because you guys like don't have snow plows. But then the other right. half of it, and I keep thinking about this, is that everyone always makes fun of me for like complaining about training in the winter and how miserable it is. But this is actually like the worst kind of weather that you would still train outdoors. Right. Like thir- in the 30s and raining is literally the worst for hypothermia. And yet we still go out. Like I, I, I ride outside. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, we were talking about this a bit before the show. I spent one part of a winter in Calgary, Alberta. When we lived there, like I had a whole studio set up. I had my trainer permanently in a place where I could watch TV from it. Like I just, everything's set. So you're like on and off the trainer. It's actually quite convenient or like just the routine was set to be indoors all the time. Right. But Winter here. You're like sometimes you're indoors, sometimes you're outdoors. You're you're cleaning your bike all the time, which you mentioned earlier. Oh
0: my god, you have to clean your bike all the time. I ended up. uh, I told you I don't have a setup quite at my new place yet. I ended up standing in the shower at the hot tub with my bike to clean it off
1: (laughs) because you know it happens. It happens. Yeah, amazing. And so yeah, so I guess the thing here is when it snows. Yeah, like you say, there's no snow plows, but also like I don't have snow tires on my car. Rate. I don't have because it never snows. I don't need snow tires, and I don't. I've never even driven on snow. You've never driven so, on
0: snow, like at no, all? what did you do in Calgary? Never. Did you just not leave your house?
1: No, I. Ha- I remember I was like I was like slow um, on the uptake on the old. Oh right, license. right, right. Okay, okay, yeah. So, but still, like my friend who has like all wheel drive had to come pick me up to go to CrossFit, and even then we're like sliding all over the road, you know. And then funnily, like once you get out onto the main road or onto the highway, everything's fine because it's it's more clear because the one snow plow we do have goes up uh, and down the highway down okay. the highway <laughs> but then you know like otherwise i can't leave the house it's very weird
0: here's my uh interesting story from this weekend and this storm it's i'm at the base of the mountains basically uh so you go like 40 minutes in and you start hitting the sierras which are mm-hmm. big mountains for those of you who don't know and so i was planning on riding my bike this weekend oh it'll rain some it'll be fine and uh steve was like you should check the check the weather. And I Apparently where I was going to ride my bike, the entire interstate was shut down because of like 12 feet of snow. So that would not have been a good idea.
1: <laughs> I always think it's funny. Like, so I saw yesterday there was a guy when I was on my run. Cause all I can do is leave the house and go for a run. Right. And I don't even have to put the dog on a leash cause there's no cars driving any- anywhere. So we just run down the snowy roads. Anyway, the, a guy on like a, like fully equipped, like a bike, mm-hmm. you know, like, I guess it was a, I guess it's just a mountain bike. Yeah. You just get snow tires. It can ride on snow and he's got all the equipment, but part of me is like, I don't even own boots. Like for the snow, like
0: you don't own boots. Okay. So I think what we're learning here is that you are just ill-equipped. This is not, (laughs) this is not on Victoria. This is on you actually. If
1: if it doesn't snow, what do I need snow boots for?
0: I own a lot of snow gear. People are always like, ha ha, you're from California. And you're like, no, I have better snow gear than my parents who live in Chicago. FYI. Do you like just never go to the mountains? You live like two hours from Whistler. I'm so confused.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) You can answer my question. Actually, my, my boots, my boots broke. (laughs) Like a a couple months ago, literally a couple months ago. And I didn't fix, I didn't get new ones. So that explains that. But I just wonder what these people who have like full mountain snow gear, (laughs) it was suddenly like it, it snows and they get to go out. I'm like, why don't I have full mountain snow gear? Because it doesn't snow here.
0: Because you haven't invested. So we're going to power through this terrible weather just to do the
1: podcast.
0: Even though Sarah apparently, oh man, doesn't even know what she's doing.
1: And we're also six minutes in and we haven't rolled the intro. So, folks, coming up on the show, in case you don't know what you're listening to, If We Were Riding, (laughs) why does every race Kelly signs up for get canceled? How do you judge whether it's safe to travel to a race location alone? And Ali Kiefer and the debate over race weight after this. If We Were Riding is brought to you by Noon Hydration. And
0: Sarah, I think it sounds like you could use one of Noon's immunity tablets right now.
1: Ooh, tell us more about that,
0: Kelly. (laughs) I'm actually holding them in my hand right now. Orange citrus, which would boost your immune system since you seem to be having the winter cold. But they also have a whole bunch of products. They have sport tablets and vitamins. And my favorite is the performance drink. That's like the powder you put. I just put it in like a water bottle, sip on it while I'm typing on the computer all day. It's basically the same as like
1: a Coke or a beer. (laughs) Except it takes care of your hydration needs. Exactly. What's your favorite flavor?
0: Oh, I actually can't tell you what my favorite flavor is because they're about to come out with a whole bunch of new stuff and it's super top secret. So I can't tell you what my favorite flavor is. You're just going to have to stay tuned. But I can tell you that all of their products have like super high quality ingredients, like good for the earth, very clean and specifically formulated for women. So.
1: Ooh, I love it. Okay. Okay. Top secret information. You're going to hear it soon right here on the If We Were Riding podcast. Awesome. Okay. And, and folks at home, you can use the code IRONWOMEN and you get 30% off at noonlife.com. So that's ironwomen at noonlife.com. Live Feisties. If We Were Riding is brought to you by Ask Kicker Inc. Ask Kicker makes active wear for women, featuring empowering phrases like, work hard, play hard, kick ass, or strong women lift each other up. Ask Kicker Inc. also makes our fabulous Live Feisty tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, and leggings. So to order yours, go to livefeisty.com and just choose shop from the menu. And of course use the code riding to save 20%. That's riding, as in if we were, At livefeisty.com. And remember, I before E, except if you're feisty. I'm Kelly O'Mara, And I'm Sarah Gross. And you're listening to Live Feisty's If We Were Riding. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. Field. it's time to get real. I'm so so kelly after we finished recording the show actually just after the show went live on friday last week. last week there was some news about wildflower triathlon
0: right so literally i had people being like oh i'm listening to your episode about wildflower and i got the email saying wildflower is canceled which was um, oh, man, I, I actually did swear a lot when I got that email. It's very unfortunate.
1: Well, and it's unfortunate for your season, but I feel like it's unfortunate <laughs> for the sport. Like,
0: we wanted- I'm more worried about me. I'm more concerned about me <laughs> here. I
1: was rooting for Wildflower just like because it was a, I don't know, in North America anyway. It was kind of like the last it's, standing it's all, I mean, independent it- popular race.
0: It was like the last large long-standing because it was 35, I want to say, 35 or 34, whatever. It's been around for many, many years. It was kind of one of the originals. There's only a handful of races that have existed for longer. And a lot of those weren't like concurrently running or, you know, running many every year consecutively. There mm-hmm. you go. So, yeah. So they sent out an email saying... Due to circumstances beyond our control, Wildflower is canceled. And they kind of haven't said anything more than that. The people who run the race, Tri-California, even though Tri-Cal still runs it, but it's owned by another company now called Motive Sports. And Motive hasn't said anything. But the Tri-Cal people, that's kind of all they've said. And so there's been a lot of questions. A lot of people have asked me, Sarah, what we think is going on. What do I think happened? So I feel like this is our specialty here. uh, Wild speculation. Wild
1: speculation. Take nothing that we're about to say as fact.
0: (laughs) So here we go. Ready? One. No, it's like the lake is full. Okay. Everyone keeps being like, oh, I thought the lake had, the lake has water in it. That's not like the problem. There's no
1: drought. This is a fact. This is actually a fact. Having said, we're not going to give facts. Yeah. There isn't a drought. Yeah. No drought.
0: (laughs) Two, people are like, oh, is that what caught on fire? No, that is not what caught on fire. I mean, maybe... It is some impact from the fires, but no, like the park didn't catch on fire.
1: Okay. So let's also just put those two things also out there. Fact. Also a fact. Also a real fact. We're starting out strong here. Strong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now we're going to read in between the lines a little. Okay. So in between the lines, the other thing that is true is that that park where it is held is a county park that has been having like its own, there are like local issues going on there. They changed vendors with the park and like ways that they're doing events mm-hmm. At the park, even though Wildflower was grandfathered in, it had its contract in like 2022. That shouldn't have been a problem, but there are some issues going on. There was another event at that park that uh, got canceled about two weeks before Wildflower mm-hmm. announced its cancellation due to deaths. So it's kind of understandable.
1: Like people died. <laughs> but still not related to Wildflower.
0: Not related to Wildflower at all. It was like a music festival. People died from drug overdoses, which I don't think is happening. Probably not going to happen at Wildflower. Probably not, good. but I feel. But but my sense is that there were some like local kinds of issues, some issues going on. But then the bigger, the big reason why we really think what we really think is happening here is that there is like infighting. I guess would be the word, but you know, issues from their new owners who are not who want there to be more registrations, more cash flow. Like they're not making enough money on this race. Like for all of the reasons that races are struggling to make money now, which is there's a lot of competition. There's an oversaturation of the market. People are looking for streamlined experiences. They're not necessarily looking to go sit in a field for four days. You know, it's it's, you have to be committed to the wildflower experience Mm -hmm. and there is a lot of competition. There are literally two other major races that weekend, you know, on the West. Are they both Ironman races? (sighs) One of them is for sure. Yeah. Which is like which now is what I'm probably going to do. I'm going to do Saint George instead because what are my options? Yeah,
1: so. I think you know one one thing. This is speculation, but the, the it's wild speculation. The <laughs> less independently owned races, and by that I mean like non Ironman branded races, there are the harder it is to keep one keep, start one or keep one going. Right. Right. Like the more people associate, especially that kind of distance, like Wildflower is basically a half Ironman. It's a long distance triathlon anyway, and like you know you the more Iron Man takes over that, and people associate the half and full distance or seventy point three distance and full with with Iron Man. Like the like the harder it is for someone like Wildflower to be like, oh, but we're Wildflower. We've been here for a lot of years, but right. If you're coming into the sport, you don't know what that is, you know, and you're just associating brand. So like Iron Man, however you want to see it, Iron Man's done a really good job of like taking over that space, especially the last five years in North America, right?
0: Oh, for sure. If you want to race, you just go to the Iron Man calendar. Press the filter for like what distance and what location, and yeah. you get one. And we there isn't like a way to fi- find out other well, races without googling. Totally,
1: and taking over that space has been intentional, like a hundred percent on their part, right? Like where yeah, they like yeah. been buying up all the races. Like we've seen the strategy happen before our eyes. So <clears throat> excuse me, we should not be <laughs> totally shocked now that um, independent races are struggling.
0: The other thing I think for smaller independent races like this is you know, like TriCal is like a. F- small family owned company is that they do have I want to say like cash flow problems but like they can't front the cash Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying like they need which is partially why they sold to a larger owner I'm 90 something for this is speculation but it's not wild that they needed they didn't have the money they needed the cash right whereas like the big races if they have backing from other capital it's okay if they don't have that many early registrations they can still sign the vendor still sign the permit still something you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying so it's 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 tricky and like trical made a huge amount of its money with its they had like a race production business where they essentially did like timing and race production for other races and that i think helped them front the money for their own races anyway and, and all that i think has has caused them to struggle yeah I think, it, I think it's, good. but people keep asking yeah. what, like it's what I'm doing why, why? Like, Yeah, every, at the
1: end of the day, everything comes down to money. Right. Well, yeah. anyway, back to you, Kelly,
0: people keep asking, yeah, what am I like one? What am I doing that? All my races are getting canceled. And you're like, well, I'm signing up for non Ironman races is what I'm doing. And two, what do I do now, Sarah? That's my other, like, so Baja challenge Baja mm-hmm. got canceled. Wildflower got canceled. That's t- <laughs> the only race I know I'm for sure doing is Peru. So now I need to Peru 70.3. So now I need to make. So I spent the last week, Sarah, scouring okay. the and internet. I understand you
1: looked up the 70.3 in Campeche. That's what you were looking at.
0: Yes. So I scoured the internet for options and pretty much the only real option for me in March, unless I wanted to travel to New Zealand uh, tomorrow, like mm. this weekend, wasn't you know a big option for me the only real option was the 70.3 race in campeche mexico mm-hmm. so i like went down to like i really was like planning it out coordinating with people like race logistics mm-hmm. you know and it turns out it's kind of a pain in the ass right it turns out that that you either have to f- fly where depending on where you fly to you either have to drive two to five hours like rent a car and drive and it also turned out that i wasn't going to be able to like share this with anyone so basically i was going to be going by myself and driving two to five hours from Mexico City or like across the Yucatan. And this raised the question of, is this a good idea? <laughs> like, mm. is that, am I like, what am I yeah. getting into? And so, so we got to the question of how do you decide if something's safe or not? Cause I'm aware that literally saying this right now, my grandma, if she's listening, is having like a fucking heart attack, right? She's like, oh my God, Kelly's going to get killed in Mexico. Just crazy. Pe- lots like, pe- like, you're, you know, it's fine. So there's people who are, who would immediately think that was very mm-hmm. dangerous. And then there's people who do, like, but it's not necessarily, right? Like, I went to, I've heard other people say, like, oh my God, I don't know, is it safe to do Iron Man Cozumel, for example, or Iron Man Brazil? And you're like, yes, it's like, or Iron Man, or yeah, Dubai, like we talked about last week. <laughs> right. And you're like, that's a 100% safe. Like, you're literally in a resort. You're going to like fly directly there. You don't have to like do anything on your own. You'll be in this whole, like, that's fine. You're going to be fine. But they're mm-hmm. concerned about it, and so how do you? I basically came up. I was like really struggling with this, this week. Like, how do I get a clear and accurate, like third-party verification of whether something right. is safe or not? Like, without like people freaking out, but also without being overly paranoid. You yeah, know, like I how think
1: it's, a, it's a really interesting question you're posing because it's something that affects like pro women almost exclusively, or age group right. women who are traveling alone. And you, and if I've never heard anyone else ask this question, or even. Well, of course, I've thought of it myself, but I've thought of it as something that affects me only, but it's not right. Like if a woman wants to travel to a race alone, there's a there's a slightly different dynamic around that. Um, And how do you tell? So your question back to your question of how do you tell? What I think you should do is find someone who knows the area. Like if so, if someone came to me and asked me about traveling to Dubai to go to the 70.3 I would have like I would have all the answers for them. Like I know exactly all like, I the know, answers. But I, you know what I mean? Like I've okay. just spent so much time in Dubai. Like I grew up near Dubai. Like I I know so if you could find someone now, that's the problem. Is it a first year raise?
0: Oh yeah. No, no, no. I, I have found my answer. Ooh. I like talk to my friends. Like I talked to my like state department friends, my friends who have lived down there. And the, and the conclusion was, this was the official okay. word ready. Cause there is a state department warning on the area. And the official word was, well, you'd probably be okay, but you'd have to be really careful. And it's not ideal that you don't speak Spanish. That was the, my, And then, and then my friend who's like lived down there, she said, if I was you, I wouldn't go. So I was well, like, if, you know, and she lives there. Right. well she did anyway so she like knew what yeah. she was talking about and on so i was so i'm not doing it i think because i determined in my sense that it wasn't like 80 percent chance it would be totally fine right like probably yeah. fine but there was too high a chance that something would go wrong and yeah. i don't speak spanish so that would just be too yeah, challenging sure. but yeah it really did make me wonder because i because when i was asking people they immediately were like, no, 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 don't do that. But there's nothing inherently about going to a race by yourself yeah, that's dangerous sure. or about t- driving by yourself that's dangerous. Like there's nothing problematic with yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's
1: true. You, yeah, you definitely need to get like on the ground. If, I, know, I know too, like I went to um, the 70.3 in Monterey a couple times and Monterey is like oh, the yes. second most dangerous city in the world.
0: In Mexico. The one in Sorry, Mexico, the one, not, not the, the one, one in, in California. California. Yeah,
1: no, the one in Mexico. And so I could see people having trouble but actually like having like if you googled that and you found that out you might be like uh no but there was a way to do it right like i i happen to have a really amazing homestay there with a well-to-do mexican family but if you didn't i also having been there a few times could tell you how to how to navigate it because you could stay literally at a hotel like on site so you didn't have to like you weren't going to accidentally stumble into the wrong place where there was like drug deals going down and right. <laughs> on, the, on the other side of Monterey. I, like,
0: I have, in all fairness, I've actually stumbled into drug deals in many <laughs> countries and locations.
1: So it happens. Like, going it happens. A, like don't go on a long run <laughs> randomly into places you don't know. Also right. just a suggestion. <laughs>
0: The other thing that I found is that and this is I think this is true in Mexico and I think it's true. I find it true in China, too. People don't go to races by themselves. It's like not the culture. Like even when I did Cabo, which is 100 percent safe, guys, like Cabo is an extension of SoCal. It's like I wasn't concerned at all. The race organizers themselves were confused. Like they thought they were misunderstanding me that I like didn't mm-hmm. have a person with me. Like the the whole thing isn't even set up for you to do it by yourself. It's set up for you to have someone to be like in a group and like have people dropping you off and picking you up. Like, that's just, Oh yeah. Like our,
1: like like our North American sense of like self and doing things on our own and our like, you know, in other parts of the world, there's so much more community oriented, almost exclusively, almost everywhere. (laughs) Right. Like, so like in Europe, even, I mean, even in Australia, in like in South Africa, in like every place I've been South America for sure. Right. So like everything like even in that same Mexican homestay I just mentioned, right? Like the couple was like in a triathlon club and got his coaching from that club and the way that they operated as a group like and as a team was like far more community oriented than the way we even even right. on a team we do things here in North America. So yeah, you just need to take your whole team to compete with you. I know. See that
0: that's what it comes down to and this is why I think this really only affects to a degree, like pro women, because most people like, what's the, the average number of people someone brings with them to an Ironman is like (laughs) seven or something like that. So like most age groupers travel with a crew, right? Like the only people that really travel solo or like in with another athlete are pros and the pro guys mostly don't i mean they're not always like the brightest the pro like their pro men would just do whatever so it's basically the pro women who are sitting there being like i don't know this doesn't seem like a good right, idea right
1: and there are some very real right. life things that make it slightly less safe for women sometimes
0: well yeah there is that also, also too. too so so anyway i don't have a race in march okay. still if anyone bring us has brilliant folks, ideas bring us
1: some suggestions okay i don't have a good segue to the next do you
0: Okay, well, this is a thing that a lot of people have emailed. I mean, people emailed me. People even emailed even, you, being like, "What do you me. think, Sarah?"
1: Even Asking emailed what you I thought about this. And I'm like,
0: what? <laughs> what? So, Ali Kiefer, I feel like we yeah, need to sum up it. real quick background yeah. so everyone's on the same page. So, Ali Kiefer is a very popular uh, pro runner. She's popular because she's surprised, like came out of nowhere, which is obviously. Like fucking not true. Right. Nobody comes out of nowhere, but came out of nowhere to get fifth in the 2017 New York City Marathon. And she is larger than the other elite runners, which honestly, like, I don't even think she is when you look at the picture, but that's like her perception of herself. She certainly isn't like the, you know, bone sticking out of her ribs type. So anyway, so that's become her thing then. And then every article about her in the last year, since her fifth place was about, she's big for an elite runner. How does she make it? Like, how does she do it? And so then that became her thing and positive body image became. So like, then every sponsorship she signed, all of her posts were about, Positive body image, like self acceptance, like how she got faster after she stopped trying to like lose weight and look like the other girls. You know what I mean? Like after she accepted herself and strived to be healthy, that became her brand. So that became her brand, her thing. Everyone people love her. People love her because she's like real and honest Mm -hmm. in all of her posts and talk about this. And then, like I want to say, it was three or four weeks ago. Three weeks ago, she one of her posts was basically a picture of her standing on a scale and her saying, essentially like I'm using the scale to like help me in my training, you know, for variety of healthy reasons, like weight loss, muscle mass, what up and down. Uh, You can buy a scale too. use my code, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) Essentially. And people didn't like this, Sarah. People really didn't like it. Like my Twitter Even like three or four weeks ago, before people started emailing me about it, my Twitter was all upset about people were upset.
1: I get why people are upset, especially like anyone who's had even like a slight amount of eating disorder or that comes from that kind of background. Like the first thing you get rid of is a scale. Right. And like you don't weigh, like you don't weigh yourself. So I can see where there's a reaction then to her and the scale.
0: I 100% understand why people were upset. They were upset because they felt like she had betrayed what they what she was selling, right? Like they, she had betrayed her brand in essence. To me, the reason like when I saw this two or three weeks ago, I was like, oh, that's unfortunate, is I felt like she had backed herself into a corner by being this image that was always about healthy body image. Like that was her thing. And that was the only thing people then expected her to talk about. It didn't leave her a lot of room for other Opinions or nuances, or you know what I'm saying when when you have a brand that is an image, it is by definition not a complete person. It is only like an image of that Mm -hmm. person or a portion. And so, at some point, you're going to be off brand, right? You're not like you cannot, unless you have a fucking management team, right? Like you're not going to always be in that little window of what is acceptable as a person. That makes sense. Be off
1: brand. So if you have a management team that's controlling your social then maybe like the people, the people just won't know that you're off brand on that day. Right. But, but like right. if you don't, you can accidentally stray off brand without realizing it.
0: Right. And then you're going to piss off people. I honestly, like on a personal level, this always like, this has concerned me over the years because I don't really stay on brand very well. Do, I don't know though, if you Kelly. are aware okay. of that. So
1: like, Let me tell you something. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just saying I'm constantly worried that I'm going to piss off the I, I don't wrong person. I not understand. Okay. This is your brand. Like, okay. So your brand, first of all, like <laughs> okay. you're being insightful, right? You're seeing all sides. You're making oh, us okay. like helping people see things in ways that are different. You know, you might be saying something like slightly feisty or slightly like, um, edgy. Right. But that's part of your brand. Right. Like, and saying like, okay. and if you say okay. something edgy, you also like, tell me what you think. Right. Like, so like being thoughtful and thinking through problems like that is your brand so
0: okay but then what if I'm not one day what if I'm just like anyway so the point is I felt bad for Allie for the amount of pushback Mm -hmm. that she got because I was like oh man like she's just being herself on that day you know what I'm saying like she but I also felt that I 100% understand why people reacted to an image of a you know, runners standing on a scale in like a sports bra negatively, because we have negative connotations with that. We connotate we connotate the idea of race weight and getting down to race weight and like maintaining our weight as always losing weight, as like restricting our diet. And then you have the all the stories about runners who have like stress fractures and bone density problems and are always injured. And her point it was actually that she was trying to change how she thought about the scale and about the concept of weight, and use it as one of many numbers. You know, we track heart yeah. rate and power, and I mean, people fucking get their sweat tested. And you're not going to stand on a scale like it's just bizarre to react as if that number is yeah. so different no, from I all agree the other with you numbers. And with
1: Allie there, in terms of like what we bring to that image of her standing on the scale, is 100 what that's about. It's not necessarily about the scale, right? So, like when you can. Like you can sport and weight go together like big time. There are a lot of, there are a lot of like sports where you have to weigh in before you start. Right. Right. Yeah. And there's other sports where you're trying to weigh more, right? Like you're trying to put on muscle, like in Olympic lifting, like weight moves weight. Like you're just trying to like, people are just like eating chicken breasts and avocados all day. trying to like put on muscle also not amazing (laughs) also not necessarily the (laughs) healthiest thing i'm not advocating for that but i'm just like painting a picture whereby like weight like a scale and weighing is like can be part of elite sport because you're trying to like in elite sport you're trying to be the best that you possibly can be at that thing right so like that's where all the numbers come in right? Like your blood numbers and what are your iron levels? Cause you want them to be optimal. And what are your power right. numbers? Cause you want to be increasing the amount of power you can push for a certain amount of time. And what is your heart rate? And what is your, so like also standing on a scale and how much you weigh, right. And, or how much muscle mass you have, or like <laughs> any of the things that can come with being, uh, being on a scale can play into that one way or another. Like you might need to be heavier or you might need to be lighter. So
0: for sure. I think that's the thing is that you're not necessarily right. just trying to make Don't that number go that. down. We know we have so many examples of people who got too skinny and got hurt and didn't have enough energy. I mean, yeah. especially when you're talking about Iron Man, it's yeah. just going to well, bite you in was the ass. Is it Brett Sutton who,
1: made, who makes a point about like having the best six pack, like you're not going to win an Man. Like that's not like right. being, like we make a really big deal about being lean, but actually it's not about that. After a certain point of leanness, like you're working against yourself. So you might be trying to, and I know athletes, even some female athletes who have trouble keeping weight on and so are constantly trying to gain weight, right?
0: I am not trying to gain weight, but I have been struggling to eat enough lately. No. Just
1: like constantly eating. It's, it's becoming a
0: job. It's actually terrible. I'm actually like losing the joy of eating. I just want to tell everyone that.
1: I have to tell you like, yeah, after so many years of being a pro, I'm really glad to not, like, to not have that anymore when you... Have to not eat just like be 4, shoving food in your face. Like, go constantly. away. Yes. Food. But yeah, I think it's yeah. Like I I agree with you that like the way that we inter- and if like weighing yourself while you're trying to lean down or if you're trying to lean is a negative for someone, then take that out. Like I, I also know like elite athletes, high performing ones who never don't weigh do it because yeah. that has been a negative experience, and that's fine. Don't do it yourself. But also, I'm not going to judge someone who wants to take control of that. Like take control of how they see the scale right. And how they see themselves in relation to a number on the scale.
0: Uh, we actually have lost our scale, uh, in our move, which did do like body fat and muscle mat and all this other stuff. Uh, and I have no idea where it is. And the big problem now is that I can't weigh the cats and they appear to be losing weight. And I don't know, Sarah, because I can't find my scale. We need to save the health
1: of of Kelly's cats. But do you cats? Like, did you know, like the body fat percentage of your cats, the hydration status? (laughs) like what was your what's your one cat called tupac Shapur? no we just wait tupac
0: yeah tupac has lost weight since we moved but i don't know for sure because i can't find the scale and i don't know if i okay. need to take him to a I'm vet i was wondering so. if the whole
1: thing works through like paws as well as feet
0: i don't they so wouldn't stand still, still long enough
1: not okay. gonna the things we learn on the podcast okay so we're gonna roll the (laughs) outro but after that uh, we're gonna talk about how ultra racing is trying to attract women and whether we think their method is good we would like to thank ask kicker inc for supporting the podcast and remember to go to livefeisty.com click on shop and use the code RIDING to order your live feisty tanks, tees, hoodies, and leggings. Follow at If We Were Riding on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And subscribe to our feed on iTunes or wherever you listen. If We Were Riding is produced by Live Feisty Media and is hosted by Kelly O'Meara and me, Sarah Gross. Our awesome editor is Erin Hamilton. you people can tell me to stop this time like the last time you better get ready to race all
0: right so run rabbit run which is in the world of ultra racing a very big deal race i feel like sometimes we get in these tiny little holes in triathlon and then it turns out other sports have turns these out. tiny yeah, little holes ultra also running. talk about
1: tiny little turns
0: out <laughs> yeah Right. So I went okay. down one of their tiny little holes this week, trying to understand this super, Oh my God. It was like, well, so-and-so this race gets so many points for UTMB because so-and-so knows the race director and it's all politics side point there. I find it hilarious, but the hole that I was going down was that run rabbit run, which is a big race had decided in their effort to attract more women. Cause that's something that trail racing is also trying to do. They were going to let women start an hour earlier which is like, okay, honest, honest, like just as an idea that's out there. But then the way that they presented it was people took issue with, it was also it was very like, well, women take longer so they can start an hour earlier. But if you have to start with your man, then you, or if you need to run with your man, then you have to start at the regular time. That was literally like what it's in the post. And so obviously- Some people reacted badly to that. And then there was this whole, then of then people reacted badly to people reacting badly. And they were like, well, it's a perfectly fine idea. Why are you hating on them? They're just trying, you know, the whole. Honestly, I feel like that's a mirror of triathlon. Like
1: I feel like I have seen I know. Wants to do that so many times. When they come up with a semi decent idea that might be more inclusive, like like you know like like letting the women start an hour before at an ultra race is a great it, not a great but it's a good it's a solid idea. It's, it's fine. A, it's a, a, a fine. Yeah, it's but fine. Then, it's fine. But then the messaging. I'm not yeah, giving okay, it good. I'm giving it fine. fine. I, I may be overstated I'm good. But it's like. But then the messaging around how they release it is clearly not well thought through, and clearly they don't have what would you say. Like any kind, anyone with a sense of around like diversity, inclusion and how to change language and messaging, like within their organization. So like, right. or even to someone bright enough to understand, like, don't say that. Don't say, don't say like, if you need don't to say run that. with your man.
0: Yeah. Okay. So then this raised me, this raised a question for me. Is this a thing Iron should do first off? Should they let women start an hour earlier? Like, is eight? But I came to the same conclusion the women who were criticizing this initiative in the ultra world came to, which is I don't think if the cutoff was 18 hours instead of 17 hours, like that's why women aren't doing it. I also haven't seen any numbers that, you know, women are missing the cutoff at a higher rate than men. Like, I don't think that's true. I think, like, when they looked at ultra numbers of cutoffs and who is like men and women were missing them at the same rate. Like it's not that women are disproportionately right. yes. taking longer. Does that make sense? So that's not, that is that's, not. They've, like a, they've the addressed barrier. the wrong barrier. Although like in
1: triathlon, and I don't know if this is true for ultra running, right. so you can tell me, but in triathlon, when we start to let the women go early, which not, we haven't gone to an hour early as far as I know anywhere yet. Um, but when we let the women go early, it's more about having a fair race, about having about having our own race right right so right, right does that, that would happen be... in ultra running community like is there a sense that like if you go out early and you get your position on the trail or something is that a thing i don't know right
0: well they're much smaller races obviously than we have in triathlon also you don't have the bike issue so it's just not the same um you're also talking about starting an hour earlier for like the pro women getting a clean race or like the t- like this was literally framed as just having extra Wait, time. Okay. It wasn't for like a clean race. The clean weight the clean race situation would actually be interesting. Like and I think that's why they did go to, you know, the women having even the age group women having like a separate start mm-hmm. at Kona, for example. Yeah. So that they had their own race, which is way better. Like having just the age group women in a mass swim start is
1: way better yeah. than having. Yeah. Everyone, so what I think right, back to like so. our main point, cause now we're like <laughs> now we're drilling down, but it's like when I see these things happen or I've seen it in triathlon, for example, when I can't remember when there was a late last year at some time, at some time, there was a race that was going to have a non-competitive women's wave at the back of the race. The number of races do that. It's a thing. Right. But like, I get having like a non-competitive wave. Right. I don't understand. like, Right. You don't it's need to like, specify it's like, that it's, it's women. Gender thing. Like, <laughs> you're yeah, like anyone can
0: be, can be non-competitive. You that, can still be right. a man and not like, compete. It's fine. And
1: so oh that's God. what it's like the treating of women exclusively as beginners. You know? Or the messaging around yeah, whatever yeah, it is you're trying to do. You know, I've seen this so many times. Trying to do a good thing like that, like trying to make the trying to make a race more inclusive by offering a non competitive wave and then messaging it and gendering it in a way that's insulting (laughs) to women um so like we need to stop that i don't think i think the ideas in terms of like we'll find out what happens with the ultra race right but you know there are some good ideas for making races more it's like the rolling start in iron man right it it did make it more inclusive and more people wanted to do iron man but we didn't have to make it about like rolling start for the women (laughs) like well i mean i were i would disagree on on the rolling start start issue
0: i know uh, but that's a uh, I also, yeah, I think it's hurt their retention oh, yeah. Problems, actually yeah. I have solutions but...
1: too, but we've talked about this on other okay. day Okay, next, next week, week. <laughs> 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 Okay, well I feel like I could talk to you all day But uh we should probably go now Okay,
0: okay people can tell me to stop My
1: town, my crown We know what it takes to be reaching the top Be reaching the top Be reaching the top We know what it takes to be reaching the top